This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the uh, old garden show, <laughs> Frank Scrocker. Scrambling. Crocker. Scrambling, to... scrambling. Yeah. Good morning. morning. Good, Good morning. morning. It's great to stay out late. Good morning. <laughs> yes. Good and morning. Clearly, we you out you too late. N-U, N-U. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yes. just start. We do a little dance routine. Yes, you've obviously been inspired by your sister, the, ta- the tap dancer. My tap dancer, Francie, was uh, down Francie. visit uh, for a couple of days from London, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Hope she's tuned in this morning. Mm-hmm. She is one funny gal, I'll uh, tell you. Oh, it, but she's member now, of Francie, your family. I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can explain a lot by just pointing at Francie <laughs> and say, that you don't know, you yeah, know yeah, why yeah, I'm like this? Yeah, there, meet you my go. sister. Yeah, she's a- 82, uh-huh. and she uh, is part of the Jazzy Tappers in uh-huh. London. Uh-huh. Gals who go out and uh, do a tap routine. They do, and she she got her silver silver medal wow. for tap dancing. So there you go. That's it runs great. in the family. We're all nuts. Yes. Uh, in any case, entertainers welcome. too. Uh, yes. To the core. Uh, here we are on the old garden show. and uh, It's not the old garden show. Okay, it's the new garden show on the new AM740. <laughs> There's nothing old and about there, gardening. There is James Patrick Dooley grimacing behind the uh, glass there going, oh, God, what an intro, Frank. Yeah. In any case, we're here, and uh, my job, basically, yes. eh? my job is Your to, entire job. As sous chef of the garden. Yes, yes, of course, is to give you the phone number. So let me get that out of the way and, and you all straighten up there, okay? In Toronto area, call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, it's toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Okay. Okay, the mantra? Oh, yes, call early, call often, one question per call or Patrolman Proctor gets on his motorcycle and pulls you over. Yes, you indeed. And you can always call back. That's oh, yeah, the bottom yeah. line, right? Exactly. Ask a question. We'll get to the answer as quick as we can. And if there's time and you can get back on, do so. Uh, I just want to say um, welcome to everybody. It's our last show of the summer. Uh-huh. Don't know what happened to that summer, but it seems to be disappearing on us. Yeah. Things have cooled down at my house. And, um, yeah, it's... Uh, well, it's about time. The neighbors have been speaking about that there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it quiet over there. <laughs> you and Elliot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it gets raucous. <laughs> oh, it does. It does. Um, all right. So there's that. And somewhere here, yes, indeed, lots going on, as usual. So today and tomorrow, the Hamilton District Chrysanthemum and Dahlia Society is uh, hosting their 50th anniversary show. 
Wow, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. It's uh, quite beautiful what what they'll have going on there. Mm -hmm. Now, this is happening at the Royal Botanical Gardens, which, of course, is 680 Plains Road West in Hamilton or Burlington. Uh, It's on was sort of the entries were all setting up yesterday and on today and tomorrow. It is open to the public today from 1 to 5 Mm p.m. And tomorrow it is open to the public starting at 10 a.m., open till approximately 3 p.m. And at that time, the blooms that are on display and have been part of the competition and the show is being dismantled, uh, the blooms, I believe, will be uh, auctioned off. Oh. So there's opportunities to get some pretty cool things that way, too. Uh, so that's going on today and tomorrow. Next Wednesday, did you know this? September 24th is National Tree Day. No kidding. Uh-huh. So this well, is I the- don't want to shrub that off. I mean, shrug it off. <laughs> This is the day that serves as a celebration for all Canadians to appreciate the great benefits that trees provide us. Things like clean air, wildlife habitat, reducing energy demand, and connecting with nature. Canadians are celebrating National Tree Day by leading planting demonstrations at schools and community groups, holding festivals, having sales, donating trees, and much more. So visit the official Tree Day website at www.nationaltreeday.ca. For more information and find an event near you. All right, coming up on Monday, October the 6th. Um, now, this was sent in by the Asian Court Garden Club. Now, clearly they're listening and they're worried that I've been saying too much about all that competition that goes on. <coughs> so they wanted to make the point that on Monday, October the 6th, it will be a friendly garden show and competition. Uh-huh. There's none of this, you know, going for the for the ribbons. It's all friendly and helpful, and, and that's true. I didn't mean to say that people are that cutthroat. But it is competitive. <laughs> but... <laughs> People do like to win, uh, some more than others, obviously. Uh, so the Agent Court Garden Club is sponsoring this uh, big garden show and competition. Over 150 members will be on hand and participating starting at 7.30 p.m. Uh, and at 8 p.m., Darren Heimbecker, whose sister we had on the show a month or so ago, he is owner of Whistling Gardens. Remember Whistling Gardens? Yeah. The gardens with the swans, the mute <laughs> right. uh, royal swans. So he's going to be on hand speaking on educating and entertaining the members uh, and anybody who drops by because everyone is welcome. So at the same time that Darren is speaking, the official judges are choosing the award winners and all, you know, fruits, vegetables, design, houseplants, etc. Everybody's welcome to enter, join in for an evening of socializing, laughing, entertainment, and dessert. Of course, Asian Court Garden Club meets at the Knox United Christian Center, 2575 Kennedy Road. Okay, dokie. Okay. Yeah, have one more there? Or, That's uh, pretty much it for now. Pretty much it for now. More coming up, but okay. it's enough in the future that we can hold on to. All righty, very good. We have tons of callers. I say tons of callers <laughs> on the line. Plethora. James Patrick Dooley has done his uh, work. Dooley. So, and uh, <laughs> we're going to be back to talk to Ellen in Janetville in just a moment here on The Garden Show from AM 740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. As we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, let's take a little trip, uh, Charlie, to Janetville and have a word with Ellen. Good morning, Ellen. How are you? Hello, Ellen. Oh, I'm just fine, thank you. How are you? Good. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, I uh, 
have, have had a, a bigger garden than I need, uh-huh. and I uh, want to turn some of it, uh, to seed some down, mm-hmm. but I've been struggling with uh, purslane uh, in that area for quite a while, and uh, so how should I prepare the soil? So this, it currently is a garden with some overgrown things going on, and you would like to turn it into some lawn or sod, turf? Yes. Okay. Um, what I would do, well, generally, whether you're going from turf to garden or garden to turf, the first thing you need to do is get a sense of where your new border will be, the beginning and end of the garden and the beginning and end of where the, the grass will be. I'll often lay out a hose or just a, a piece of rope so I can get a sense of where that's going to be. Once I've got that all, you know, I've looked at it from all different angles and it's it's going to work well in terms of my needs for getting into the garden, for mowing the lawn, for, you know, all the important things that we do out in our spaces. What I would do is, um, the it, before you, is it sunny in that area or shady or part day sun? Oh, it's mostly sunny. It's mostly sunny. I mean, the quickest way by far is uh, to eliminate whatever's in the garden area where you would like it to now be turf. So that means pulling the purslane. Purslane is um, um, is a can be a very invasive weed. It's got a succulent flower. Yeah, it's a curse. It's a per- curse curse of a purse. Yeah. It's got very succulent leaves, grows very close to the ground, but it is shallow-rooted. So it is something that can, you know, with the moisture we've been getting in the soil, it's very easy to pop some of these weeds out of the, the garden or the, the uh, lawns right now. It's, the soil is very workable with all that moisture. So well, will it keep coming up in the in the grass, well, if I get the grass going? Well, the th- see, if you could lay sod over where you now want to have turf, that would be your most efficient and fastest way to reclaim that spot. However, And it would also really limit the ability of weeds to come from below. Of course, you'd have to pull all the weeds, and if any seeds have survived, the seeds are unlikely to grow because they're going to get buried way below that sod. If sodding isn't an option, then it will. you will need to be obviously thinking about leveling, grading that area so that it's going to match your existing turf. You're going to need to get a hold of a good quality grass seed blend uh, that is designed for sunny or half-day sunny locations. Seeding right away, keeping that area moist uh, for the next 10 days. This is a great time to grow grass seed. This is the best time, actually. Temperatures are perfect outside. You know, ambient temperatures are perfect. Soil temperatures are perfect for growing grass seed. So you should see germination within 10 days, 12 days. Once the seeds have started to germinate, of course, then you could think about fall fertilizing and ultimately uh, a final mowing before the uh, before winter really hits. But it isn't it isn't hard. What's the hardest thing is you need to clear the area, get all the weeds out, get any garden plants out that you don't want, and seeds of weeds that may be there could grow, so you're going to have to just keep an eye and pull those as they germinate, or sod, and you're going to, it'll be a quicker and fewer weeds situation. Yeah, well, I'm on, a, I'm on a farm, so I don't think I will do the sodding thing. Okay, all right. We might have some area on the farm where you've got sod where you don't want it. You can move it from one spot to another, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that happens. You know, we take the sod around the base of our trees, for example. So it's never good to have grass growing right up to our trees. So sometimes when we're pulling that out, we can use that sod elsewhere on the property. So, mm-hmm. you know, you never know. There might be something like that you could work with, too. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ellen.
Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us here on the on the Garden Show from AM740. And, uh, gee, you know, rather than go to another call right now, because I'll have to close things down quickly, uh, let's take a little commercial break here, and then we'll come back and talk to Debbie. Because I'm anxious to, because it has a little note here, <laughs> elephant ears. And I want to find out if Debbie has elephant ears <laughs> or she is growing out of them. I have no idea, folks, but stick around. The surprise awaits on the other side of these commercials. <laughs> Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And good morning from the whole crew here, uh, James Patrick Dooley, who answers the phones, and of course, Put you online uh, to talk to Charlie, who's sitting to my left, and I just <laughs> for those uh, of you watching I, via that's TV, right. yeah, <laughs> or whatever, yeah. in the window, there's people uh, peeking in the window. <laughs> and I had a little tap on my left elbow. You forgot to mention about first-time callers in the right. 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 Okay. Right. So if you're a first-time caller, please tell James when you call in. Then you shall be greeted by wind chimes that will kind of... Yeah, yes. there they are. See? Isn't that um, nice? Very in the draw, welcoming. I tell you. Exactly. Well, let's uh, let's find out what the deal is with elephant ears. You're either Feed growing them... Feed your cat them... meow mix cat food, you get Hello. a meow out. <laughs> Well, I see. Buttons. I'm being attacked by cats now. Uh, <laughs> Elephants to cats. Yeah. Debbie, are you growing them or you have them? Uh, elephant ears. <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> no, it's your ears that are growing. Well, yes. no? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. And that fella James who answers the phone yes. when we call in. What a nice man. Isn't he, though? What a nice man. And I was on... I was too late to call last week, and he said he would call me this week, and sure enough, he did. He's the best. Oh, yeah. Thanks, James. I'm telling you, really. AM740 is great. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So what's going on with your elephant ears? Well, I finally found them this year. I've been looking for years because I've heard about them and Mm. read about them. Mm. And I just bought them at a local grocery store, Mm. actually. They're absolutely beautiful. They're about, I don't know, three or four feet tall, and it's just a foliage plant, uh-huh. and it's a deep, deep burgundy with green veins, and honestly, the leaves have to be like 18 inches long. Well, it's funny. Uh, since Frank doesn't have a clue what an elephant ear yeah. looks like, I just <laughs> yeah. showed him on the web. They're huge. Yeah, there's yeah. some great photos, and one of the common names for elephant ears is poor man's umbrella. I like that. Oh, yeah. okay. Right? Because that's what you're saying, a three to four foot leaf. It's a tropical plant. Yes, for anybody that I know. who's listening, yeah. So this is uh, obviously something that, are you wondering what to do with it now that winter's well, on its it. way? I've been reading um, that you can, you should dig it up. Yep. If you want to save it. I don't have luck doing oh. that. Okay. And I've also heard that you can mulch them. Mm. So I'm not sure what to do. It, it is a perennial, though, I believe. It's a perennial if it's mild enough temperatures. Where do you live? I don't have a location Brampton. here. Brampton. No. Your chances of it surviving outdoors are zero to zero. <laughs> oh, geez. So, but it's not that hard. What you're going to do, remember it grew from a tuber. Yes. So what you bought last spring looked like kind of a, a shrink, kind of a brown, woody, almost 
chunk of root. Root, Woody yeah. Root. Yeah, nothing, nothing fancy. So uh, what you planted that, a bunch of buds were alive inside that dormant tuber, and all those beautiful leaves have grown. So what you're going to do now is you're going to wait until we've had a killing frost. Okay. And a killing frost means that all that foliage will curl up and turn black and hit the ground. So you're going to wake up one morning in the next week or two, and it's going to look, you know, pretty ratty. And once we've had that killing frost, and generally speaking, this works for all of our tender bulbs or tender tubers or tender roots. So the canna lilies, the calla lilies, the dahlias, the elephant ears, the uh, caladium. There's a whole gamut of things that many people grow and love to have in their gardens, and they're not hard to overwinter. Just okay. wait for that killing frost. Once it happens, then you get outside, not on a rainy day, preferably on a dry day. You're going to use a, a fork, a digging fork. You're going to dig up what is down under the ground. It's going to still be very obvious because all that yucky foliage is still attached. You okay. can quite clearly see where you're going to do your digging. You're going to dig up what you planted. It's going to be bigger than when you planted it. Uh, once you've got it up out of the ground, you're going to gently, with just with your hands, you're going to gently remove the soil that's sticking to that root. Um, that doesn't mean you're going to take it right down to clean. You're not going to run water on it or anything like that. You're just going to break off any of the chunks of soil then i would take that 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 uh, then you're going to trim off all the dead foliage and the dead stems okay. down to being you know about a half an inch an inch of bit of stem left that whole mess that you've dug up goes onto some newspaper and needs to sit preferably in your garage or in a covered porch somewhere where it's it's going to be dry but it's going to be cool and you're going to let it uh, hunker down. It's going to basically go to sleep. And it needs about a week to do that, just sitting out in the air uh, with the, in a cool, dark – it doesn't even have to be dark, but a cool location that is dry. So I could do, put that in my shed. Yep. I don't have a garage. Okay, shed would work at that point because, really, we're talking now probably the end of October. You know, it could be a couple weeks from now. What about those who don't have a garage nor a shed? Could they use a styrofoam cooler, something like that? Well, not yet because oh. first – yeah, we're going to ultimately put it into something. But for starters, after it's come out of the garden, it, a lot of soil is still stuck to it. Uh, and so we need to dry it out a bit. <clears throat> so it's just drying it out in a situation where it's not mm. going to get rained on. But we don't want to bring it in the living room because it's way too warm inside the house. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it could even be, as long as it's outside, you know, cool temperatures under cover is mm -hmm. the main thing for at least a week, 10 days. At that point, it's going to be quite easy to remove any more chunks of soil that are still attached because that's all pretty dried up by now. And then the only trick is is to put it into a dark spot, preferably a cool spot for the winter. I so, only have the basement. Okay. Is it a heated, finished basement? It It is, but the laundry room where I could put it underneath the stairs, it is quite cool. Oh, perfect. And it, 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 may, it remains dark down there. Perfect. So the, now, depending on the size of what you're working with here, you could use, a, as, as Frank mentioned, a styrofoam cooler. You could use a rubber-made box. You can even just use a cardboard box. But the trick is you need to get the, the tuber, that's all mm -hmm. dried up now, into that mm -hmm. box. I typically will pack around the tuber. It could be just plain dry peat moss. It could be plain dry vermiculite. Uh, it, whatever it is, it's got to be sterile. You don't take garden, like soil from the garden and then pack it in there. Um, you I always thought you could do wrap it or let it sit on newspaper, but... 
Yeah, so, it'll it'll all wizen up. Like it'll dehydrate if it if it's not packed into something. Could you just put it into newspapers? Potentially, but again, it's likely to dry up. It's better to be in a medium. And what will mean what I mean by that would be like peat moss or vermiculite. Okay. Uh, and that will help hold moisture. It'll also help keep it dark. And if you can keep it cool, it will just sleep the entire winter away. And when you're ready to bring it out, either to go out into the garden or bring it out and pot it up inside before going out into the garden, it'll be ready to go. So that's the trouble I've always had when I try to overwinter mm-hmm. tubers or gladiola bulbs, mm-hmm. is they usually either dry right out, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like there's anything left, it mm-hmm. kind of disintegrates into powder, that's right. or I get mold and mildew on it, Right, and it, it's kind of damp. Yeah, so that, you're exactly right, because those are the two issues. Now, gladiolas, unlike the rest, you should be able to put them into an old nylon stocking or a pair of pantyhose or an onion net oh. bag and let them just hang in the dark. Good air circulation, but in the dark uh, and the cool, they should be fine. All the others do need something around them, and that's where that peat moss or that vermiculite comes in, because it'll help hold some moisture, but you're not putting it into a wet medium, because you're right, you, then you'll start getting all kinds of mildews and molds and rot. So should I cover the tuber? Yep, it needs to be buried. completely with the peat moss? Yep, it needs to be buried right into the peat moss. Oh, I see. Yeah, and that's, it's, that provides that little nest for the winter. And do I water it nope. during the winter? No, 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 because if you water it, you're going to be telling it to grow. Right. You don't right. want it to grow. And, of course, the dark will keep it from growing, the cool will keep it from growing, and the peat moss will keep it from drying out. I'm really nervous because it's just, it's amazing. It's an amazing plant. They're cool. They're very fun. I know. I I, bought it and it it did have two or three leaves on it. Mm. But every time I went out in the backyard this summer, I mean, I had a new... A new shoot. I know, and they grow, like, overnight. They're and, huge. And like I said, the leaves, they have to be 18 inches long. And like you yeah. said, it's like an umbrella. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you had so much fun with it. And do your best overwintering. It's not that hard. And give us a call. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, I can't. Okay, could I, can't. I use uh, mulch instead of peat moss? Like a bark mulch? Yeah, I just have so much of it left over from this year. but It's probably too moist. Okay, okay. okay. Um, so I'll wait you mean, for a good you I'll wait just for trying a good to think frost. I mean, I'm thinking about that. Okay, if you have a lot of mulch and it's in the bag, the mulch yeah. is bagged. Mm-hmm. I mean, potentially, if you have a box, like a big enough box, you put a layer of mulch in the bottom, then a layer of newspaper, and then wrap your, your tuber, your elephant ears in newspaper and put that in and then put mulch on top of that. It might work. I would check it. Try that. Give it six weeks or so and then check it. Okay, I think I might go with what you first suggested. <laughs> okay. That's probably that a better a idea. More of a guarantee. <laughs> you know, uh, Debbie, over the winter, I am going to think of elephant ears, and whenever I do, I'm going to think of your basement with you down there doing laundry with a miner's hat on so you don't turn on the light, you know? Well, why don't you come over this winter and, oh, and have a look at it? Well, I'll even do your laundry. Well, it's, <laughs> no, not the unmentionables. No, no. And I do sort. I do well, sort laundry. because my husband does it. Oh, God, no. In there. My yeah. wife has trained me well. Well, you, you look fool? for that. You look for that. Okay. <laughs> okay thanks so much. Thanks, thanks Debbie. Debbie. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Take care of those elephant ears. My gosh. How about that? Uh, what, well, you don't learn? I listen to the radio, huh? I tell you. I tell you. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's a garden show here at AM740. Let me repeat the phone numbers for those of you uh, just tuning in maybe for the first time. Uh, here we are at 416 0740, that's the Toronto uh, area line. And then anywhere else in the province, one 
866-740-4740. And Helen from Toronto is on the line. I do believe you are the artist who has drawn a wonderful mm. little picture of a pine tree. Is that right, Helen? Yes, it is. I'm, I'm admiring not only the tree, but the pot. My gosh, I'm going to hold it up so James can see that. Through the window, yeah. Yeah, it's quite excellent. a lovely artistic rendition of your little pine tree. <laughs> thank you for sending that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm just wondering, um, can what? I just plant it in a, a, bo- a planter box, or should I put it in the ground? Okay, so my the thing I'm still confused about, and I, I thank you very much for the, for the beautiful uh, pencil crayon drawing. It is very, very nicely done, but it still doesn't really tell me what I need to know, and that is whether you have a little pine tree that's a tropical pine tree or a little pine tree that's a hardy pine tree. I don't know. Is it, are the, the needles are very soft, right? Yes, yes, they are. And when did you get this little tree? I got it last Christmas as right. a gift. Okay. And um, it was inside the whole winter, yep. and I just simply put it out on the deck, yep. and it's just done beautifully. Right, and it's in the same pot that it was in when you got it last Christmas. Uh, no, I repotted it around... Oh, around July. Oh, perfect. Okay. And the uh, instructions were to enlar- have a pot two inches larger. So mm-hmm. that's what I put it in. And it's a happy plant by the sounds of it. Oh, it is beautiful. It it's looks great in the, in the image you sent us. All right. So here's what I think this is. Actually, I'm 99% positive. <laughs> what you really have is something called a Norfolk Island pine. Norfolk Island yeah. Okay. And a Norfolk Island pine is very commonly sold in the grocery stores and the home centers around Christmas. It's often used as an indoor uh, decoration with little tiny miniature decorations. They can grow quite large, though. I have seen these trees, these Norfolk Island pines. I've got a little one up on the Google here to show Frank. I have seen them hit the top of greenhouses. So, I mean, in, in uh, I guess on Norfolk Island, they grow, you know, 20, 30. 30, 40 feet tall. Mm-hmm. As a house plant, it would take many, many years to you know hit your ceiling, and particularly when it's in a six-inch pot now. But it's a lovely green plant to have. Uh, and so do not put it outside. You're going to leave it in the pot you've got it in. It's probably just about time to bring it indoors before it gets too cold because mm-hmm. it will die in the frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing you're going to do when you bring it in is put it in a fairly bright location near a southern or western window would be best. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be right in the window, but within five feet of the window is nice. Oh, that's where it was all winter, all spring. Oh, good. Perfect. So put it back into that spot and get yourself a little spritzer bottle or a little mister bottle. Right. And get in the habit of spritzing that plant at least once, if not twice a day. Okay. And you're going to do that to try and maintain a, a fairly high humidity because that's the one thing that this plant does not like. It doesn't like the dry air in our homes in the winter. Mm. So keep it out of drafts, no cold drafts, no hot drafts, no, you know, furnace air blowing on it, no front door cold air blowing on it because it doesn't like that kind of draft at all. Mm. And uh, just so, just a nice, you know, reasonable room temperature spot with the humidity kept as high as you can. Um, even a tray below low, like a big kind of a cookie sheet kind of tray below with gravel in it and then water and the plant sitting up on top of the gravel is a nice way to surround
down the plant with evaporating moisture. Mm -hmm. And that can help as well. So, yeah, I'd say you're good to go. That's all you need to do for the entire the fall, the winter. Come spring, we'll talk about starting to fertilize it on a regular basis and then getting it outdoors again once we're frost-free. Okay, that sounds wonderful. Okay. Uh, Charlie, if there are any other sketches you'd like me to do for you, I'll do them. Excellent. Good well, to know. It would be a gift. Now, are, are you a professional uh, artist? Because, boy, oh, boy, it, it's very nice work that you've sent in. Oh, well, uh, well, they say I am. I don't really know. <laughs> they well, say. Has anybody ever given you any money for uh, some of your work? Oh, yes. Oh, well, you're an artist. Uh, there you, you are go. You're a, a professional. A bona artist, by golly. Yeah. Yes, I've got... Well, I'm running out of room. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, well, thanks so much for the call. And, thanks, uh, Helen, and thanks again for the beautiful image. Oh, goodness, that was half an hour and I was done. Oh, oh my gosh. Great. Right. I can't draw a straight line. Honest <laughs> Honest oh, sure you can. <laughs> oh, Maybe you, with a ruler. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks Helen. All right, bye. Thanks for your call. Have a great day. Bye. And you're listening to The Garden Show, my friends, here at AM740, and uh, we're going to go on a little trip here to Burlington. We'll bob along to Burlington and say hi to Celia. Hello, Celia. Hello, Celia. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Oh, there you are. Hi. (laughs) Good morning and welcome. Welcome to the show, Celia. My name is Vivian. Oh, Vivian. (laughs) Oh, Vivian. Yes. Oh, okay. No worries. That's that James Patrick (laughs) Dooley we love so much. (laughs) Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. It's about my rose of Sarah. Uh-huh. I've got three lovely ones, mm-hmm. uh, about 10, 12 feet high, beautiful blooms this uh, uh, time of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's past now. And uh, I just wonder when I can uh, uh, cut, uh, cut them back. I would try, if you can, to leave them alone until next spring. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's all. For, that's my favorite time. And everybody's to... arguing with me about that, <laughs> so I wanted to get it from the people that know. No, they're, they're fairly <laughs> ornamental all winter. The shape is probably good. There's all where the flowers were. There's the little fruits that will hang on all winter. So that it's, it's yes, it does, there's, they're covered in those little buds, yeah. and you would think they were about to bloom, but yeah. they have been there and That's right. And there's little seeds. And of course, sometimes we get little baby plants from the Rose of Sharon, but it's not a problem. It's not like thousands of plants. It's, you know, a couple might come up in the garden and you'll, if you don't want them, you can just pull them as weeds. But yes, be yeah. f- in the spring on a nice oh, well, sunny day. Good. And uh, I, I cut them back by two thirds? Uh, no, a third at the most. Oh, you can a remove third a third. At the most. Yep. Okay, thanks so much. Thank thanks, you for Vivian. Thanks, so. All right, you join us anytime here, any Saturday morning between 9 yep. and 10. We're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> and do we have to take another little break right now? Yes, I think we do. Okay. We'll come back to uh, talk actually to a couple of folks in Scarborough. First of all, Bob will be on the line. So, Bob, we're bobbing along your way in moments here at AM740 Zoomer Radio. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here we are laughing and scratching on a Saturday morning. 
Charlie Dobbin. You're and I scratching. Was, I'm well, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were just talking in uh, moments ago with uh, Vivian uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, about her ability to draw. No, that was Helen. Oh, I'm sorry, Helen. Yes. Helen. And I said I couldn't the draw a straight line. We played Pictionary one time, Di and I. Yes. And uh, I. I was given a, a skunk to draw, you know, and everybody else doesn't know what you know what yeah, you're, what you're going to draw. draw. And of course, I, you're such an artist. This I am was such not a lovely artist. Although I, I drew two lines and Di said skunk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm like, are you kidding? Di knows you. Oh she man, knows your abilities yeah. and how your brain works. Or my disabilities, or yes, the lack thereof. Yes. <laughs> hey, we better get along the line here to right. uh, Scarborough. I got nothing but roses for Bob. Hey, Bob. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. What's morning. Better way to spend a cold, late October morning than listening to the garden show, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's not as cold out as you think. And it isn't October. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's still summer. But it's a lot. Cold every day is cold. Yeah. It's milder. It's quite mild and humid today, actually. Yeah. Anyway, my question mm-hmm. is, I've, I've grown a lot of roses through my years, mm-hmm. and I had picked one up in a nursery just uh, in the springtime, and it was just in leaf, and I planted it in amongst other roses I have in the full sun. And uh, it came out into leaf, and there it sat, no new growth. And just about three weeks ago, it started to get new growth, and then there's some buds on it. Now, Mm -hmm. I was just wondering why it became so dormant, and this new growth, is it going to freeze off? So it's in the ground, right? Yeah. Okay. Healthy, no no disease, nothing. It just sat there. Okay, but you know what? What you're telling me, I think, is a really good story, because... uh, Honestly, what happened between you planting it and two weeks ago when you actually saw some new growth on it, the plant was doing what all good plants should do, which is getting itself established in your garden, all energy underground, roots. It's all about the roots. And so, what, an exceptional rose because the majority of the ones that I've bought through nurseries, they, they bloom within about, uh, you know, even though there's buds just forming, mm-hmm. they bloom within about three or four weeks. I know. And I've, over the years, and I've worked in retail for many years, people would come, you know, in September, October and say, you know, the rose that I planted or the clematis that I planted this past spring hasn't bloomed. Should I bring it back? Or, and I go, well, is it green? Or is it alive? Does it have green growth? Does it look healthy? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's all good you know it's all good don't ever be concerned when a plant doesn't bloom right away other than an annual flower which of course is going to die in the frost we would be very frustrated if they didn't bloom all summer but things like roses long-term plants vines shrubs trees if there's not a lot going on above ground and the plant looks good and ha- you know happy and healthy be you know rest assured that the plant is establishing itself it's getting roots down and its ability to withstand you know many many years in your garden is is likely to happen because of that good root establishment maybe i frightened it because i thought to myself you know if if you don't perk up, I'm going to smoke you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why. That's suddenly, tough love, boy. <laughs> well, you know what? The the um, it's no question that roses will typically do a big you know uh, bunch of flowers and big rush of growth, and we'll see all that beautiful color from them in yeah typically June. Then we don't see a lot through July and August. Then all of a sudden, late August we'll, again, we'll see a whole bunch of buds and, well, maybe and they blooms. Maybe they to fertilize this from the nursery and force it because that's what they do to bring them out into color. And, 
right away, you know. Sometimes, yes, and to wake them up and get them yep. growing. And and honestly, for most customers in a retail situation, buy what's flowering because that's, that's what they well, find. You can't tell what it is, right? Yeah, attractive and pretty, <laughs> and exactly, and you know exactly what color it's going to be that way. So the flowering plants tend to sell first, and so yes, retailers do like things to be blooming whenever possible. But no, it all sounds good to me. Don't worry at all. In terms of uh, any of that growth frosting off, is it a hardy rose? What kind of rose is it? Do you know? Uh, I think it's Mr. Lincoln. Mr. Lincoln, okay. So it's not a hardy rose. It is a grafted rose. And so what you will do, of course, is you will be hilling that rose uh, later, probably in November or December, mm-hmm. you know, six, eight, ten inches of soil over the crown. Mm-hmm. At that point, you can cut down anything that you want to cut down, but don't cut anything lower than knee height for the winter. Okay. okay. All right, great. Pleasure Thanks for the call, Bob. Thank you. Thanks nice to talk call. to you. And do you one of your neighbors uh, just around the corner there in uh, Scarborough on the line with and a first time caller too? Ooh. Wind chimes. Uh, there they are. There James they are. Dooley's got them. Well, Norma, welcome um, to the show. Good morning. First time caller. Where you go? Yes, I listen to your show all the time, but my first time to call. Great. All right. um, I have a question about a P and E, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, we did a renovation on the house that had been my parents and. The yard was all dug up by the heavy equipment, and mm-hmm. the uh, ground turned to concrete. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, in the middle of that concrete, a little crack appeared, mm-hmm. and up came a little green shoot, and everybody was looking at it. What the heck is that? And yeah. the contractor says, I think it's a peony. Mm-hmm. And it came up a few inches, and it was, yeah, it was a peony. Uh, my mother had peonies in her garden probably 30 years ago, and we have never seen one since. Yeah, yeah. This year, it came up about a couple of feet tall, and I got three gorgeous blooms. Wow. Now, I don't know what to do to make sure it lives over the winter. Uh, okay, so no, this is good. Peonies are very long-lived plants. So obviously what happened was over the years, the, these, you know, the peonies your mom had grown were there, but for one reason or another, they got overgrown by other things or too much shade or whatever, kids playing. and they... Actually, my dad cut them out because he didn't like the ants. Oh, there you go. So your dad cut them out, <laughs> but, but the tubers stayed or that tuber stayed. Yeah. So, okay, so of course, over the years, uh, you mentioned that, that sort of concrete-like soil and that crack and that that very tough little plant emerging through that that on concrete like soil you have i assume amended the soil so that it is in better condition than than the subsoil that likely it had around it at the time yes we Good. did we, we gave it some some nice fresh topsoil in the spring excellent good idea now the trick with peonies is they do want to be planted almost on the surface of the soil mm-hmm. uh, if they're planted too deep they won't bloom but you mentioned that you had some bloom so that's a good thing and that sounds you know good and happy and healthy for now you're going to do very similar to what all of us are going to do is we're going to wait until that big first hard frost and when that happens whether it's in october or november a lot of the foliage of plants that is currently above ground now some of it's green some of it's starting to get some fall color peonies we often get kind of a burgundy color from them just let that all happen and once that hard frost happens all that foliage will turn brown and crispy and it's at that point that you'll go out with your sharp Uh, pruners or secateurs, and you will remove the foliage from the the peonies just above ground level, so about an inch high. And just go in there and trim away all that foliage into the composter. Now, you've got to mark, if, if you're at all 
likely to step on that spot in the fall or the spring, or sorry, the winter or the spring, then make sure you, you've got a stake or something to tell you where that peony is. Okay. Because it, it will look like nothing all winter. Come spring, though, quite early in the spring, you'll start to see those new shoots popping through the, the surface of the soil. They're shiny. They're red. They're very obvious. And uh, and that's what you'll wait for. But do remove the foliage after the, uh, the big hard frost just to eliminate any uh, fungal issues that could happen. Okay, so I just leave it about an inch above? Yep. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, and don't be a stranger. Now that you've uh, made the grade (laughs) and made it through to the wind chimes, we welcome you back anytime, Norma. Okay, Okay, thank you. All righty. Bye-bye now. Matter of fact, speaking of first-time callers, uh, we have to return after a couple of words from our sponsors, and we will indeed be speaking to another first-time caller after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AF and 40. Sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here along with Charlie. And <laughs> I just... Okay, uh, don't, tell don't, don't, okay. don't tell him. Don't tell him. No, it's okay. Cause <clears throat> I'd be embarrassed if I were just you. Before, no. just, yeah, just before we get back on the air, I looked out, my flies open. So <laughs> I, 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 oh, God, reached down and did my fly up, and Charlie <laughs> caught me. And he's the same guy who's been singing, good morning, yeah, good, good morning, morning yeah. all morning. Like, okay. Okay, James, oh, from dear. now on, Frank's in here, and I'm going to be there. Yeah, there yeah with you. exactly. Okay. Marion oh. in Whitby is a first-time caller. Let's get those wind chimes going and me out of trouble. <laughs> There you are, Marion. Welcome to the show. Hello, Marion. Oh, good morning. Morning. Yeah, I have a plant. I've had it for two years. Last year I brought it in, but I want to know if I can leave it outside this year. It's got a leaf on it. It's green on one side, purple on the other, and it has lovely little purple bells as a flower. Wow. I don't know the name of it, and I don't know what to do with it. Uh, What shape are the leaves? Are they oval? Yeah, they're just regular leaf, which you would say, yeah. Okay, and uh, what, hmm, off the top of my head, so you brought it in last winter, and how did it do in your house? Gorgeous. Yes. Beautiful. I have a feeling that that, it sounds like a tropical plant. If there's any possibility that you could send me a photograph of that plant, I could tell you what it is for sure. And okay. Frank will give you, everyone my email address uh, once we get off the line here. Uh, it sounds like, when you say purple and green, I think of prayer plant, which is a plant that actually folds up and prays every night, uh, which is tropical. There's another one called Moses in a Cradle, which again, it's purple and green. It's got little flowers. All of these are tropicals. <clears throat> I have a feeling that that's what this plant is, but a photo we could I, can confirm for sure. Okay, Marion? Okay, that's lovely. Thank you. Thanks All for your right. call. Here, let me give uh, the email address yes. for Charlie Dobbin. It is c.dobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Calm. So you send along a little photograph there? Not so little, yeah. But do well, s- yeah. just take a photo, send it as an attachment to that email address. Mm-hmm. I will take a peek at it, and then I'll get back to you and let you know exactly what okay, that plant thank is. thank you very much. Thanks, thank you, Marian. Marian. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, so I was reading recently on the web about something that I had realized, but I hadn't actually kind of put into words, and that is 
Um, the vole population. You know what a vole is? Yeah, a little like a mouse. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just like a mouse, except it's got a pointy nose. Mm-hmm. And they're, well, almost like a mole. They're almost blind, right? So tiny little gray rodents. So in Ontario, we have lots and lots of different kinds of herbivores. Voles are herbivores. They, they eat vegetables. Uh, so they love, they love to chow down on our ornamental woody plants. M- my cat has been bringing in a, a vole daily, okay? You're kidding. I, wow. Every day I've got... And so that was kind of the point of what I was reading was that this past winter, we had unprecedented levels of feeding injury on our landscape plants and nursery stock. Um, The little voles travel in tunnels under the snow or in ground covers and feed on the bark and cambium of several tree and shrub species. The longer the winter, the more damage they can do. So this year... We had unprecedented amount of damage, and we have an unprecedented winter, yeah. population of voles that survived that winter. So what's kind of interesting is that um, uh, autumn now is the time of year that when um, the voles are breeding, uh, because they are expecting uh, significant seed sources will be found – now, mm-hmm. and they will hunker down for the winter, and then of course make those tunnels and chew the bark off of a lot of our trees all winter. So remember, protective tree guards should be placed around young trees. Anything with a diameter less than 15 centimeters or six inches, you can uh, either use a traditional coiled tree white plastic tree guards mm-hmm. or corrugated drainage pipe mm-hmm. cut and, and wrapped. Be sure that the tree guard extends at least 75 centimeters above the ground uh, along the stem. For areas that receive a lot of snow, you might want to make that up to a meter. All right, mulching around the tree guard may also keep those little pesty herbivores from getting in under the tree guard. Excellent. I'm glad you've snuck that little bit of information right. in. That's just great, always. Uh, thanks, Frank. Thanks, James. And thanks to all our great callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.